0: It's time to let you in on a little secret. Actually, lots of secrets. We're talking strategy and most importantly, return on your investment for your podcast. Welcome to Branded Podcast Secrets. All right. Welcome to another episode of Branded Podcast Secrets. I'm your host, Aaron Greger, here with another very special guest, Amy Austin. Amy, thank you so much for joining me thank you for the opportunity aaron i'm looking forward to our conversation well i always love to geek out over podcasts so we're 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 in a good place here me too (laughs) (laughs) Amy is the founder of austin marketing she's also the host of her own show obviously why she's here called the pursuit of purpose so amy let's first talk about austin marketing you 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 do marketing, but it's so much more than that. I really love how the pursuit of purpose aligns with your approach to marketing and branding and all of that. So can you talk a little bit about Austin Marketing specifically to that to that, you know, branding perspective and then how the pursuit of purpose came to be? Sure. So,
1: I really focus on helping my clients develop their brand strategy. If, because if they don't understand why they started their business, their brand is likely founded on something that is not authentic. And I will say I have a love-hate relationship with that word authentic because it has become so overused. And I think it's also a very subjective word. We have to really define what do we mean by authentic. You know, for me, being authentic is empathizing with someone and being able to individualize the work that I do with them and you know that just because I do the same type of work doesn't mean that client A is going to get the exact same experience for me as what client B does because they're different right so there that to me is what authentic is for me but for you Aaron authentic is going to be something completely so if we just say that my my brand is built on authenticity We're leaving it up to our audience to decide what authenticity actually means, you know, and everybody's going to have a different perspective on that. And so I really work with my clients to dig in deep into what was the purpose of your business to begin with, what drove you to start it and what makes it passionate for you, what drives you to continue to do it every day, day in, day out and how can we make sure that that is coming through loud and clear in the brand that you are presenting you know this morning on linkedin i shared a post about my strawberry patch because it is like completely out of control right now and i which you know is a good thing and a bad thing it's a good thing from the standpoint of obviously i've nurtured it very well and it's growing and it's producing strawberries but it's out of control in the sense of it's now outside of the boundaries of where I wanted it to be. And it's, I'm having a hard time managing it. I can't get to the plants easily to pick them when they're red and, and ready to go. So I need to pay attention to it. I need to nurture it in a way that is thoughtful and intentional. And the same thing applies to our brand. If I let my brand just run amok, And I don't have established boundaries. And by brand boundaries, I mean, what's my brand promise? What's my purpose? What is the, who's my target audience? All of those things that really come together. You know, how, what's my archetype? How am I speaking? All of that. If I'm not setting those boundaries and adhering to those boundaries, I'm going to have a strawberry patch or I'm going to have a brand that's like my strawberry patch that has grown out of control and is producing a lot of results but maybe those results aren't the people that i want to be working with my target audience has now become self-defined instead of intentional Mm -hmm. and focused on who it is so my goal with working with clients is always to help them understand and who they work with clearly that they are clear on everything about their brand that they are consistently representing themselves through every interaction that they have including the experience that they're presenting and that in the end they have a heightened level of brand confidence about who they are and what they do and why they do it and so does their audience Mm. so i'm i'm about the brand strategy and helping you get that in place because without that brand strategy your marketing strategy has no direction you know it's just very true it it becomes kind of haphazard or accidental right
0: or or out of control so i i i love what you're saying and i agree with you it's like purpose you know why what's your why all of these are so overused so where were you in in building your business that you said, you know what, I want to do a podcast and, and help more people essentially with this understanding, but also you're doing it as a strategy to build your clientele. Right.
1: So the title, the pursuit of purpose actually came out of doing a workshop with a group of Women. There was a, a local organization that was developed specifically for women entrepreneurs to help them get in, help them grow and expand their business. And so I worked with the founder of that organization and we put together a workshop that was based on the principles of Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And so I went through that and and the first time we did it, I didn't have a really great catchy name for it. And, and it worked, but not as... Not that well. So as I reflected on that, I started digging into, well, what, how can we describe what this is better so that they know by the name what they're getting out of it? And I came up with the pursuit of purpose because that's what really this is about is we are pursuing what our purpose is. But in order to understand what our what we need to do to pursue it, we have to understand what our purpose is. So you start off with finding your why, finding your purpose and defining it and articulating it. And so that's where the name came up. And then I have always struggled with blogging. I know from, you know, yes, I'm a marketing person. I understand. I tell my clients, you should write a blog, but I was not one that practiced what I preached. And here's why I, I don't like to sit down and write for myself. I'm fine with writing for somebody else. I can write great blogs for my clients. Um, but to sit down and write it for, ma- for me, forget it. I would write a draft. I would leave it, come back to it a couple of days later, make a bunch of tweaks. Then I would send it off to a friend who would, had volunteered to edit. She was, is a copywriter I used to work with. And I'd always send her, you know, will you read this? Will you tweak it? And, you know, the more she did it, the less the less she needed to tweak. So I was getting better and more confident in my own writing, but I still wasn't consistent. I just never had that consistency of putting out new content. And so I'd had a, a conversation with another consultant friend of mine. And I said, you know, I just like to talk. I'm much more confident just having a conversation with someone. So, you know, so she's like, well, maybe you need to do video. And I'm like, I'm not really interested in doing video. And then I started listening to a bunch of podcasts myself. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I could do this why don't I just start a podcast and so in the spring of well probably actually in January of 2019 I started to get a little bit more serious about the idea of creating a podcast and I found someone I was following on Instagram shared that she was gonna run a beta test of a course that she was developing on how to start a podcast I was like I need this because I don't know even where to begin so I took her course And she ended up at the end of the beta deciding that she wasn't going to do anything more with it. She was going to pivot her business and do something different. So the people like I think there were seven or eight of us that took her podcasting course and then it just got shelved and she didn't do anything more with it. But through that course, I learned all the things that I needed to do. To be able to create a podcast, I didn't know anything about hosting platforms or which ones would be good because, you know, there's so many out there. So she had already done that research. She did the research on where to get good music to use. So I, you know, I just followed her lead there. You know, she just provided a really great roadmap for me to be able to get started. And so I ended up launching the show in July then of 2019. And just this past weekend, I released episode 92. So, and I think if you'd go onto my website and count how many blog posts that I shared in seven and a half years, I don't think I even broke 20.
0: (laughs) That's perfect though. I love how it aligns with what you love to do. It's so important. I, I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, writing like I said, I, I can do it. And I it's much easier to do it for somebody else. But for me to just turn the mic on and start talking, you know, a lot of the first episodes that I did were seriously me just coming down and turning, plugging my mic in and having a topic in mind and just talking. I didn't have any notes in front of me. I didn't have a lot of I didn't need to do a lot of research because it was things that I have done for the 20 years that I've been in, in marketing and branding. And so it was just, here's what's top of mind for me today. And, and this is what you're going to get from me. And, and that's how it started.
0: So how has it evolved? So, you know, it sounded like it was like initially a way of generating con- a content generator essentially, which would indirectly mm-hmm. right build your business how did it Mm -hmm. how did your strategy of it evolve over these 90 some episodes or has it
1: yes and no i'd say in both you know there's some ways that it has and in other ways it's still very similar to what it was when i started about two months into it i decided i wanted to start interviewing guests and so i needed to decide what types of guests do i want to have on the show and where i've landed is i have there's two distinct types of people that I interview. One, and this is the majority of who I've interviewed, is they're individuals who are experts in their own aspect of business. So I've talked to uh, people who are in finance and some that are in branding and marketing, others who are in operations, but they understand that their role is successful when it is aligned with the overarching purpose of the business. And so there's always that connection back to, you do not make decisions in your area of expertise without knowing that it is aligned and supporting the bigger purpose or the bigger intention of what the business is there to serve. Those people are very easy to find to be able to interview. The other type of person that that I interview on the show are ones that have a clear understanding of what their individual purpose is and the work that they're doing is 100% in alignment with that. So, for example, I interviewed a woman who is a financial advisor or a financial therapist, excuse me. And you know, she has personal experiences in learning how to manage her own finances and seeing the need for it through, she was previously a social worker and seeing this overarching need of people need to understand the, the, why they need to be more in tune with their finances. And so she found a certification for a financial therapist and, and went through the process and now that's what she does. And so we talk more about what drove her to do that as opposed to what she does. And so those those are the two types of people that I try and interview when I do have interview shows. And my goal is always to do two interview shows a month. And then I have one solo show. And then the last inter- the last show of every month, I always try and do what I call a favorites file. And so it might be something that is two or three segments on different things that I've read or great at drawing analogies. I guess Uh, I shared that already with the strawberry patch, but, you know, I've done segments where we've watched a movie and I've seen different things that relate back to business. And so I'll do a short segment on, on, you know, this movie that we watched over the weekend and how I see Purpose and intentionality coming through, or the business lessons that you can learn on that. I mean, I, I have one blog that I did write, and I converted it into a podcast. Was the business lessons that you learn from the from the movie slash musical Kinky Boots? And you know, when I shared that with people, they're like, "What?" <laughs> I'm like well, one you haven't seen kinky boots. Two, just stay with me. Let me draw this conclude. You know, and then they're like, "Oh, okay, I get this. I see how this works." And I think for me, the the importance of purpose and and having that drive comes from the years that I spent working in healthcare prior to starting my starting Austin marketing. I worked for just short of eighteen years in two different large health systems in the marketing department. And when you're doing marketing for a healthcare organization, you are not promoting people getting sick, which is what people asked me when I first started working in the industry. You are helping bridge a connection because you are you are making an impact on the life of somebody when they need it the most. And they often can't find it without having somebody like me or having the marketing department in place to help guide them in some way otherwise the, they would never know that you know the highest ranking NICU in our area is in your backyard and you know no you don't ever want to think that your baby's going to need that but exactly if the instance does come up it's better to know that before because you're not going to be in a position of needing of being able to research it and make a sound decision when you're in that moment. And so so that's really where my 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 love of purpose and empathy in marketing really comes from that past experience there and you know i think as a society we are wanting that more and more from all of our brands not just service brands or not just healthcare brands we want that from from everyone now and that's very different than it was you know when i started my career and i won't say how long ago that was because you know we don't need to say that let's just say i have a lot of years of experience and and so if we can bring empathy and compassion and, and true purpose into the work that we're doing, we're going to create a more solid and, and credible bond with those that we serve. Yeah. And our brand is just yeah. going to get better and better so because true. of it.
0: So true. And like, I I have a, I have a question about purpose, but I want to save it for the end though, because I'm always so curious about this, but For your podcast, I see what you're doing is like, I I love like at the end of the, you know, your blog, quote unquote, but what you're doing is like, Hey, if you're, did this resonate with you? Did you find that? Like, do you feel like you, you know, need, need some help in this area? If so, schedule a call with me. Genius way. I I think calls to action Mm -hmm. are so crucial because people will like you. And then it's like, so now what do I do? I like you. I want to work with you or, you know, I agree. I need this. Are there other ways you're driving traffic and then you know are you measuring that in any way so last
1: spring one of the things that i did and it's it's working i need to do a little bit more of it but it is working i did a four-part podcast series on what i call my educate engage and empower messaging framework because when when you are creating a marketing message you need to, first and foremost, you need to educate your audience on what it is you're doing. And that's really the basics, the how, what, who, what, where, when, why, and how. But then you have to engage them in a conversation. And so you have to get that dialogue going. So that means you have to enhance all of those key points, the basics. You have to enhance them in a way that is engaging and that's attractive to the people that you're wanting to, to speak to. And then you have to empower them to take action. That's the call to action. So I broke each of those components down and I did, like I said, I did a four-part podcast series. The first one was like just an overview and then the next three was one was on educate, one was on engagement and one was on empowerment. And then I created worksheets that went along with them. And so I've now packaged that into kind of a a messaging course, if you will, that they can download that and then they're given the, they're directed back to those podcasts. And that has been served as a good way to build up some of my email. I've been able to generate a, a bigger email list by doing that. I promote it regularly on my LinkedIn posts when I share there. And, and so that has been something that, that served as a way to be able to show a greater degree of measurement that I hadn't done before. Another thing that I started doing probably about six months into podcasting is I started creating just ads, my own personal ads for my services that I would either put you know if it was a longer interview if there was a nice break point in the middle i would insert it into the middle so that they'd have to come back and listen to the rest of the interview or i would tag them at the end and talk about my marketing director on on call service which is essentially a coaching service that i do as opposed to hiring me to to help you define your entire brand and so those have been helpful at, because what I realized in the first several months of podcasting, I wasn't doing a great job of putting a call to action in in the episodes themselves because I was so focused on just getting them done and what do I need to do to have the content and then all of the extra pieces that I needed to do that that one final piece so just common. kind of fell off my radar, you know, and... <laughs> As a marketing person, I'm like, geez, really? You're forgetting to do a call to action? You tell everybody, make sure you have a call to action and then you don't do it yourself. Well, yes, we know we are all human. It's hard to take our own advice. We're all too close to it. You know, I think in all honesty, there were times when I just didn't even recognize that I hadn't put a call to action in. And, you know, I think for me, measurement is always a work in progress. There's always more that I could do but for right now, I'm seeing good results with what I'm doing. I'm at a point where I'm starting to look more seriously at, okay, what are some other things that I could do? Or I'm starting to to watch what some other podcasters are doing and see, is that something I might want to try? I mean, because the whole, the idea of putting an ad in there came from listening to someone else's podcast and they were doing that. And I was like, why don't I do something like that? that would be pretty easy. So that that's really where that came from. My I've been very happy with I'm seeing a steady increase in the amount of downloads that I'm getting month over month. And so that's been very helpful to see that, you know, to know that people are actually listening. I am getting more people that are reaching out to me to say, "Hey, can I be a guest on your show? Here's what I think would be would be good." So that tells me that my show is reaching people outside of outside of my sphere of influence because they're people I've That's never heard of awesome. before. It's like, how did you find me? What was, you know, what's the path that brought you to me? And so, yeah, it, it measurement is very much a work in progress and, and still a learning curve because... Mm-hmm you know there's there's so much to learn and so many things that change within the podcasting space that you know that i i just need to be open to to learning and accepting those things as they come and and evaluating and testing and and seeing what works and what doesn't work you know i will say i'm for anybody who's listening to this that's wondering about the actual creation of a podcast it is not lost on me that i have it way easier than what some do because nice. my husband does all of my production for me. So, I am, you know, when I have told people that they're like, "Are you kidding? You don't have to work. You know, you're not working with an outside editor that you have to have these things done weeks in advance." And I'm like, "No, I'm sorry, I don't. I can record it and publish it the next day if that's what I really want to do." So, you know, so my learning curve has a tremendous benefit in my husband being an editor and producer he has a background in radio television and film and so he's like yeah, yeah i can makes do life this a for you. little easier
0: like, for sure but perfect. still i think it, it, that's definitely not a stopping point and and i love that you've given yourself permission to try new things and i love that you're also it's not just one format one size fits all you're trying different things you know in the in the sense of your, your the things you're reviewing and correlating the interviews and you know all of those different things. I, th- I think it's awesome. Also the ads a lot of people want sponsorship. It's like we'll just sponsor it yourself, right? <laughs> like right
1: right. I mean I, I had a conversation with a, a good friend of mine who started a podcast that's mm-hmm. it, it's very much a passion project for her. It's not it's not tied to a business for her. It is very much just an area that she has interest in, and she is now, you know, she's released, mm, she's doing hers in ser- in season, so I, I don't know for sure how many total that she's released, but but we had the conversation about sponsorships, and, and she's like, well, are you going to try and do that, or how are you going to monetize your podcast? And I'm like, I don't know that I want to monetize my podcast, because... For me, this is about an opportunity to put my voice out there, literally and figuratively, as a thought leader and an expert in marketing and branding. And there is a part of me, right now anyway, where my brain is telling me that if I try and monetize it, or I try and do a sponsorship, that it's not going to be about Austin Marketing. It's not going to be about Amy Austin. It is going to have to meet the criteria of these other sponsors, which is why they want to sponsor it, right? If I'm, you know, if if I was doing brand strategy for someone who is creating a podcast, I would tell them, you need to find a sponsor. You need to, you know, create ads or whatever that align with who you are as a brand you need to be, be true to that but they also have their own reasons for why they want to do that and i'm not at a point where i'm willing to give that creative control even a small portion of it to something in order to be able to get some money to offset the production cost or to offset the you know any other expense that i incur yeah. to be able to present my podcast And so, so I'm just, I am not, right, and I'm not there yet. Another, another friend of mine who has a podcast, we had this exact conversation a couple of months ago and he's like, Amy, you need, you know, I really think you need to be considering this. And, and I said, well, I said, maybe I'll get there in a few months or in a year or something, but I, I need to understand the purpose of why I need to have this before I can do it. And right now, I don't see the purpose right. of having
0: a sponsor. Right. Well, so and it's, that's the beauty it, of the branded. That's podcast, not part right? of my You're strategy at this point. You're still, it's it's still not a like money down the drain or time down the drain. It's still building your business. So, I I <clears> excuse <throat> no. me. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, but I there's just so many ways to approach this. So w- before we close up, I do want to ask this, just because you are a purpose person, do you find most people know their purpose or do you find a lot of people are very lost in understanding their true purpose? Mm -hmm. That is a great
1: question. I think they're kind of both. And the reason that I say that is that there are some people who I can... I can have a conversation with people and say, okay, they, they totally are in line with their purpose. But if I asked them what their purpose was, they couldn't articulate it. However, there are some that they can absolutely tell you what their purpose is. And I can see exactly how everything that they're doing in every aspect of their life, whether it's career wise Mm -hmm. or personally, how it aligns back to that purpose. So I I think that, I think it's, I think it really is both because I think oftentimes there are people that they think they know what their purpose is, but it's Mm -hmm. more directed towards what they're doing career wise, or they compartmentalize it. You know, they say, I have a purpose for my business. I have a purpose for my, my personal life. I have another purpose for the things that I choose to focus my time and attention on volunteer wise. And if you step back and look at all three of those aspects of life and any others that you choose to define out, chances are there is a common thread that's going from one to another to another, that's bringing them all together. And they just have not recognized that themselves. And so they know it they just haven't figured out how to truly articulate it. And I was very much that way for a long time. And to be honest, the first time that I went through the process of trying to articulate my purpose, I landed on something that was very much focused solely on my career. And it, I, I was like, okay, this is great. This explains why I've done what I've done for the last 15 years. It explains why I want to stay in that space, but it did not take into account anything that I did outside of work. And so when I came back to it and sat down with a friend who helped me kind of articulate all of these things, she saw those connections that I was too close to be able to see. And I allowed my I didn't allow myself to do the hard work either. You know, you hit that comfort zone and you hit that point of validation and you're like, Great, woo, I'm good. I've done I'm doing what I should be doing and I, I feel really great about it. But you don't step over the line right. into there's more and I need to find a little bit more. And so once you do that digging and find that that more, you will see a thread that maybe has always been there. You just did not know how to put words to it or you were so close to it that you were blind to it. You know, it's those things like where, you know, when you have to explain something that you do every day to somebody else, you skip steps, right? Um, I watched an episode of the the latest series of Top Chef and they had them do, they had them write recipes and then they had previous Top Chef champions come on and actually make those recipes. And there were key steps that people forgot or else they went the opposite direction and they were so thorough that they had every step and it was overwhelming. And, and so when you're putting those directions down in place, you don't know if it, it's hard for you to identify what are the key points that you need to to include in it because you're so close to it that you assume that somebody else knows how to do it or that you assume that somebody else knows that about you. And that's that's what I actually really like doing with businesses that I work with to help them define their brand is because I start to pull out stuff that they're like, yeah, that's no big deal, but no, really it is a big deal because nobody else does that. That's what makes you unique and different. And that's what drives you to do what you do. And so we need to capitalize on that. And so when I work with a client and I get, then replay that stuff back to them, they're like, how did you, how did you find that? or I would have right. never thought of this in that perspective but you're exactly right. I feel this all the time or I do this all the time and mm. I That's, get it. Yeah. And I just didn't think it was that big of a deal. You know, or I it just comes so naturally to me that I assumed right. everybody else can do that. No, not necessarily. I mean it's kind of like me being able to sit down and and easily produce a podcast. Other people are I don't think twice about it, but other people get really nervous and upset and they're like, I hate the sound of my voice and I don't want to do this yeah. and I'm going to sound t- silly yeah, or whatever. So and it's like, for me, I'm like, meh, big deal, whatever. Yeah. And I assume that yeah, every, that everybody else should no, feel the same No, you're, you're good. You're good. No,
0: don't. I'm just always so curious because so, I know it's just one of those- That was a long like, answer to your question. Uh, I'm sorry, just like, but, You know, all, all of them else that we hear and I'm like, I'm always curious, like, do most people- know it, but I, I love that there are different perspectives to it, or you may think you know it, but you, you're on. I think it's an easy, it seems very easy, but it's not that easy. So I just had to ask, but Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. I think it's, I love what you're doing. I love the different perspectives. Right. So important for your business. If someone wanted to find more about you or the pursuit of purpose, where is the best place that they should go? Best place would be
1: to go to my website, which is com, And there are links there to the entire podcast archive, as well as the work that I do and a
0: link to be able to schedule a discovery call with me if that's something you're interested in. Amy, thank you so much for doing this today. I very much appreciate it. My goal is to have people listening to this and figure out how they can implement it for their business. So I appreciate you taking your time today to talk to us or talk to me. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, Erin.